Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. This is the Off the Glass podcast in episode 5. Z will be recapping last night's action as it was opening night in the NBA. Stay tuned. This is the Off the Glass podcast, bringing a fresh, thought-provoking, intelligent perspective to the game of basketball. I'm your host, Z. Thanks for joining me today. And on today's podcast, we will be getting into the exciting action from last night's opening night in the NBA. We watched the Golden State Warriors receive their rings and raise their banners. We also saw a huge, drastic uh, change in the East for the season going forward. But real quick, let's recap some of the scores from two, from the both games last night. The Celtics fell to the Cavs 102-99 as Kyrie Irving's three-pointer fell short with a chance to tie it up and send it to overtime. And then Houston was able to outlast the uh, the Warriors by a score of 122-121 to as Kevin Durant's last second shot came just a tenth of a second too late. So that shot did not count. But first things first, let's let's jump right into game number one as there was a lot of anticipation around this game, not just because it was opening night, but of course Kyrie came back, made his return to Cleveland for the first time since he demanded a trade out of Cleveland. And of course, as to be expected during the starting lineups, he was booed heavily. But once he came out, uh, Boston ran ran some good a good motion set right off the top, and he was able to get a, a layup after he set a back screen on the elbow and was able to curl into the paint and get a nice little floater, get get going. And um, the Celtics starting lineup uh, was they had the rookie Tatum starting because um, Morris had an injured knee. His knee was just a little sore, so he should be expected to return. But they had Morris – I mean, excuse me, they had Tatum, Brown, Irving, Haywood, and uh, Horford. So – I kind of liked that lineup when they first came out, and no sooner than I'm sitting there writing, watching the game, jotting down my notes, did I see one of the worst horrendous injuries I've seen on a basketball court. I mean, the only other two injuries I could think of that really come to mind is, number one in my book, is the Kevin Ware injury, the, the young man that played for Louisville whose leg completely just came out of shattered and he had the compound fracture followed by uh, Sean Livingston's knee injury. I actually remember watching that game live, and when he went up for that dunk, his knee and leg did things. I didn't even know your leg was possible of doing. So when I first saw Haywood fall, I thought he fell and hurt his tailbone or back or something like that. It wasn't until they cut to the camera, and it was obviously that his ankle um, was dislocated. So just in a blink of an eye, the Boston Celtics championship host for this season window was just closed and then went straight down the tubes. And first and foremost, uh, prayers and, you know, a speedy recovery to Gordon Haywood because I was really excited to see this Boston team play this year. And I really thought they 
had a, a legitimate chance to make it not only to the Eastern Conference Finals, of course, but all the way to the finals. And by him suffering such a injury like that, um, obviously uh, they'll still make the playoffs, but their championship hopes is, is down the drain. And, um, you know, it was good sportsmanship to see the Cavaliers um, come to to him, around him, and, you know, give him their best wishes. You know, they said LeBron went back to the locker room because he was initially taken into Cleveland's locker room. And even Isaiah Thomas, who was back there in in the locker room with them and just giving them some support and some encouragement. So, you know, I'm wishing him nothing but the best. And hopefully, you know, he has a speedy and well uh, recovery. And the main part for him is not going to necessarily be the, the, the physical part. It's going to be able to come back from an injury like that. It's the mental side. And I don't think those who are not athletes don't sometimes understand the mental toll a major injury can take on you. You know, you look at it and say, well, he's he was cleared by the doctors. Why isn't he out here playing? The mental part is sometimes the hardest part to overcome than the physical part as somebody who suffered an injury before while playing. Nothing quite on that level, but just even having the confidence in your body to play and move how you was accustomed to moving before the injury um, definitely plays an active. So best wishes to uh, Gordon Haywood. Uh, as expected, Cleveland came out with their lineup as they started. Um, Rose at the point, and they had Wade at the two. They did have Love at the center and Crowder and LeBron. And um, it was interesting that Love really didn't get into a, a good rhythm. He picked up two early fouls. And I don't know if that affected his overall play for the rest of the game because he only finished with nine shots. And I had gone into the season thinking for Cleveland to be successful, he had to be the clear-cut option. As it stood, Dwayne Wade was took 10 shots, which, I mean, is one more, but still he took more than Love. Crowder took more shots. And then Derrick Rose was 5 for 14 with a plus-minus of negative 7. So if if Wade and Rose are going to be your second options until Isaiah Thomas comes back, then Cleveland, to me, big picture is going to be in trouble as far as the deeper they go into the playoffs and then ultimately probably making it to the finals because Wade – is a shell of himself, um, no disrespect, arguably one of the best two guards in, our, in the league has ever seen. You know, you probably say Matt, uh, Michael, Kobe, then the debate becomes whether you put Jerry West at the point or the two, but then Dwayne Wade is right there. But, I mean, he's just not the – he just doesn't have the same. He didn't have the same lift. His defense didn't look sharp. Um, he had a few tough buckets. Derrick Rose had some flashes, but – you know, I just feel like for them to be successful ultimately and for them to be playing at the highest apex, Kevin Love is going to have to get more than nine shots. And it was just interesting to watch the game as you can see at the NBA level, like, it, don't get me wrong, you got to have some great talent to win championships and be competitive. But it shows you in a situation like that how important coaching is and how Brad Stevens, after his team, witnessed that injury to to their teammate like that, how he, whatever he said in the locker room to get them to come out and play like they did because they were down, I believe, as much as like 16 at halftime. And he was able to get them to come out and completely change the complexion of that game in the second half versus somebody like a Tyron Lue who he has great talent. But, you know, going back to the love piece is interesting because I watched love. He had very few touches on the post. He had no touches at that high elbow where he was successful at Minnesota, and I just thought it was just common sense that with the Kyrie leaving that he was the clear number two and they were going to make more of a concerted effort to get Kevin Love involved, and that just wasn't the, the case, which shows me that 
his personality at the end of the day is just not like that unless the team is going to set up an offense around him and make it their priority to get him the ball. He's not one of those players that's going to go out there and demand the ball like that. So from what I saw last night and, again, through this whole podcast, I'm going to keep reminding myself, I know it was the first game, but just some things to keep an eye on is the fact that he was still floating on the perimeter. He's still doing the pick-and-pop thing. And he had a couple post touches because they had some obvious mismatches, but it was really no concerted effort um, to get him going. And um, early on, it was interesting to see that Wade anchored the second unit while LeBron and Rose got an early blow. And then they came out with a unit of Wade, Jr., uh, Jeff Green, Shumpert, and Thompson. That was their second unit. And after that, Wade sat down and got a blow. And they came back with LeBron, D. Rose, Green, Love, and um, Corver, who was the other player for their team, who was a negative. He was a negative, I want to say, six uh, for the night. So he had a so-so game. Um, one thing was apparent, too, while they can't play Corver and Wade and those guys out there on defense too long, they look just too bad on defense. And that was the point where in the second half um, they were able to get back into the game was, was the fact that they had uh, Rose and Corver out there on, on, on defense. And then – if that's what they're going to do, it's going to be an issue going long long term going forward because, again, uh, Cleveland now with Haywood getting hurt is obviously the clear-cut favor to make it all the way to the finals. And if they think they're going to knock off Golden State, um, they're going to have to figure out their defensive rotations again. I know it was just the first game, but just some things that, that stood out to me. And what else stood out to me was the fact that Boston struggled from the three-point line and they're going to have to be able to shoot the three better. I mean, I think they went 0 for 10 for their first ones, uh, first few shots from the from the three, and then they was able to kind of get on track. But they only finished shooting in the low to mid-20s for the game, and that's going to be something they're going to have to uh, figure out. Um, the, the rookie Tatum, um, as expected, he looked a little nervous. He got that ball on the inside, and LeBron quickly welcomed him to the league by blocking his shot clearly out of bounds. But in the second half, he was able to get a nice and one on LeBron, get to the foul line, and then he was able to settle in and finish with a nice game where he finished um, with a double-double. And according to NBAStats.com, he was actually the first rookie or first Celtic making their debut to have a double-double since Larry Bird. So that that, that uh, boys well for um, Boston going forward. And if anything can come out of this, out of this horrific situation as far as the Haywood injury is the fact that now Tatum and Brown are going to get more reps. And that can do nothing but make them a stronger and a better team going forward because I was, like I said in my one podcast, the rookie preview, I was high on Tatum anyway. And once he was able to get his confidence, which is it's amazing, confidence is an amazing thing when you're playing sports. And even those who have the most – high level of gifts and talents. When they have that confidence going, they, they, they become a much better player. And, and once he settled in, he looked fantastic. I thought Jalen Brown looked fantastic last night, played some solid defense. If he could knock down that corner three for them consistently, um, it, it's really going to make him a, a really, a really, really tough matchup because of his ability to defend multiple positions and he's a he's a really good athlete and he's a great slasher so if he could knock down that open corner three which he he made a few last night um that bodes well for them going forward um smart even though he was a negative in the plus minus he had a really solid game he was key to them having that comeback by having some some great solid defensive stops when he got switched off on LeBron one time um he was able to take Kyle Corver down in the post and exploit that mismatch 
So overall, um, Boston showed a lot of heart. Um, Kyrie did finish with with 10 assists, so he had a good solid game as well. Um, It was just an interesting game to watch. Um, Like I said, on Cleveland, I know it's the first game, but the offense still looks the same, very stagnant, a lot of standing on the weak side, a lot of kind of take your turn and play one-on-one. And I know they're tempted to do that because of the type of players they have, but like at, at any level, even especially in the NBA with great players, when you get great ball movement, player movement, it just makes the opportunities on offense that much easier. So it's just kind of something to watch going forward because, again, it was clear that I don't know if that's Ty Lue's strength like that versus somebody like Brad Stevens. You could just see the sets that they weren't running. Like Boston's sets were way superior um, than, than Cleveland's. I don't know if that's because – LeBron feels comfortable running and doing certain things, and Tyrone, Tyron Lue kind of acquiesces to LeBron. I'm not 100% sure, but I know big picture, they're going to have to get some better movement um, on the offensive side of the ball. Um, also, I was able to see that even though I said he was a negative seven, he did look good early, um, D. Rose slashing and going to the basket. But, Again, I, I again I said this. I watched a lot of these Knicks games last year, and it was kind of some of the same things from him. Um, he 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 just he's not an outside shooting threat, so it's going to be interesting to see going forward how they're able to uh, deal with the spacing on the court. Because as the game got close, LeBron made a couple plays, and I'm looking at LeBron's stat line after the game, and I was texting one of my guys last night throughout the whole game. We was just talking. And we were just saying how LeBron just seemed to be kind of just coasting out there. Like, we didn't know if it was the ankle. He was just picking his spots. And it wasn't until I looked at his stats, stat line, I didn't even know, realize. I mean, he had 29 points, 16 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 blocks, and was 12 for 19 from the field. And I got that uh, information from Hoop Central. And it was just, again, he, he put his stamp on the game late in the game. When he decided to kind of take the game over, he made a nice three. Then they ran a back uh, door lob play for and Wade throwing the ball, and he had a dunk. Then he came back at the other end and made a defensive play. And then he ultimately was able to get into the paint, kick it out for Love, who hit the – I don't want to say the game-winning three, but that was the shot that kind of put the game away for Cleveland late. Uh, another thing that also stood out to me was the fool's gold of Jeff Green. Um, he did look good coming off the bench. He was slashing, had some nice dunks, some good athletic moves. But, again – he has not done this consistently for his whole career yet. But I'm optimistic. Game number one, he looked great. Maybe this is the environment. Maybe he needs somebody like LeBron, a way to kind of push him and um, get him going and being consistent because if he can be that consistent weapon off the bench and give them a little bit of, of defense, that definitely gives them another weapon that boys, boys well uh, for, for Cleveland going forward. Um, also, I thought it was interesting that they had D. Wade on the on the court and J.R. Smith on, on the bench. And, and, and this is where sometimes in the NBA things, to me, get a little interesting, for lack of better words, because I definitely feel like we respect the pedigree, the championship uh, pedigree of a D. Wade, the MVP-type play, the high-level play for all these years. But J.R. Smith, to me, is clearly – clearly the better player right now and for him not to be on that court down the stretch was kind of head scratching so it's going to be kind of interesting to see big picture going forward 
who Tyron Lue is going to decide to have out there closing these games. Because in my opinion, the lineup should be, when and if he comes back healthy, it should be Isaiah Thomas, J.R. Smith, LeBron James, Kevin Love, and, and possibly Crowder, Thompson, depending on the matchups, and then even maybe in spots, slide in Wade. But again, I, when I previewed this, I felt like for Cleveland to be successful, I felt like Wade had to come in and just really be able to pick his spots. And I thought, to me, it was interesting that they still allowed him to start where, to me, he'll be better served coming off the bench in this team and being like a high-power sixth man and let JR go ahead and hold down that that shooting guard uh, position. But he did close out the game, and um, it's going to be interesting to see is that something that they're going to continue to go with um, as the season wears on. Um, also, at the end, it was great to see how LeBron and Kyrie Irving embraced after the game. I thought that was super class on both sides. And I posted something similar to this on Facebook, and I thought it was a powerful thing that all the stuff that's going on in the country right now, and I don't know what side of the aisle people agree on, but the kind of things that's going on, the, decis- the divisiveness, the chaos that um, is going on around in, in the White House that's coming out every day. And for, you know, people out here purposely trying to divide us, I thought it was a great image to see two black men being able to put their differences beside them in public and embrace and show that, you know, there is a level of respect. And I thought it was a great image. And it was something I said also that, you know, as black men, we need more images like that. You know, too many times we let our personal beefs and things spill out to the public. We need to show unity right now. So I thought it was really good that they, those two were able to have that embrace and have that moment on the court. And even his teammates came up after that, too, his former teammates. And, you know, they did the little corny handshakes and all that that they used to do. But it was just a good show of unity on post. So I give them both of those brothers a round of applause for doing that. So, moving on to game number two, which was the Golden State Warriors and the Houston Rockets. And um, Golden State, again, for them, it was ring night tonight. Kevin Durant was able to get his first championship ring. Um, I thought it was interesting how he was introduced, like, number three or number four, when it was clearly they don't win that championship without him last year. I mean, he was the finals MVP. He was the best offensive weapon of the finals and of the year. And I also thought it was interesting. I felt like it should have been just him and Steph. Um, raising the banner as well, but that was neither here nor there. And then the game got started. Um, it was kind of a game that was kind of all over the place. Um, Clay came out on fire, um, even with his twin brother, which was real creepy and weird behind the bench in the crowd. I mean, this, whoever this guy is, it's obvious that he's a loser. And he had Twitter on fire last night. I mean, what grown man wants to look like another grown man and take on their appearances and their personality, and everything? It was just weird to see, but. Nevertheless, Clay came out hot. Uh, Chris Paul picked up two early quick fouls and was going and had to go to the bench early. And um, one of the t- t- takeaways early on was how Houston was having so much trouble matching up on defense and transition. It was just wide open shot breakouts, and um, it seemed like to me that the the main issues of the Rockets hadn't really changed, and that was mainly their defense and. One of the uh, ESPN reporters, uh, Ramona Shelburne, had quoted on Twitter how much of a difference Bob Mute and P.J. Tucker and Ariza made on defense. And 
I'm not saying those weren't great additions and then pairing them with a reason is definitely going to help them defensively, but I kind of saw a little bit different. I felt like Golden State was just kind of sloppy with the ball and didn't really play well down the stretch. Now, it could be a little bit of their defense, but just some of the plays and the passes they were making to me was really the the decisions and reads they chose to make, not so much the pressure they was feeling from the defense, but um, Tucker did play well, though. He gave him some solid defense. He played hard, some rebounding. Um, he gave him some toughness that I figured that he would give him. The question for them is, wow, I, I, I really hope, because I, I love Chris Paul so much. I mean, I really do. I think he's the best point guard of his generation. He's definitely been one of my favorite players. But I hope he really is injured and he's not really on the decline this quickly because he looked really bad last night. And it could be also that, you know, just being fair and, again, keeping in perspective, he was injured. He hadn't really had a full training camp with the team. He didn't play in a lot of the preseason. I think he only played in one game. And it's, it's going to be interesting because he's, he's quickly, if he didn't at the last night, he quickly realizes he's going to have to speed up his pace. I mean, he wants to play – like three levels but slower than what they want to. And it was interesting that I think they recognized that and put Eric Gordon in down the stretch of that game, and they were able to get back to the pace that they wanted to play. Because I remember it was one play where Chris Ball took the ball out and he was expecting getting it back from Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon looked at him like, nah, bro, like we, we push it here. Like we get up we get up the court. And Chris Paul kind of had to look and kind of jog up the court and – and kind of get in where he fit in. But the effect that he did have last night, I noticed it was early in the game where the I wouldn't say the game was slipping away because these are pros, but Clay was on fire and, you know, the, the crowd was going crazy and Oracle that Chris Paul was able to huddle them all at the free throw line and kind of get everybody settled in, get on one accord and kind of calm them down. And that's what Kevin McHale was talking about with James Harden not being a leader. And I think that's what got lost in that. It wasn't so much that he was taking a shot at him and he's not a great player. I never saw James Harden do something like that. And it was different points of the game where I was watching things that he was doing on the court, whether it was talking on defense, calling out switch. And those are the kind of things that Chris Paul brings to this team that's, that's going to be a plus going forward. I disagree with the studio guys that cover the game in the, in the, in the fact that um, – that it's not going to work. I mean, it's just game number one. Uh, Paul isn't healthy. He had the shoulder. He had the knee. So let's get let's let let them get some reps. It's going to be a, a process. You don't just put two guys together that are that great and expect it to work right away. Let's give them some chance, some time, and you know, let's check back in probably like fifteen to twenty games. Let them get healthy. Let's see if he can figure out how to play with pace. I think it would be better served for him that if he goes ahead and let uh, James Harden run the show because he could still get to the basket, still create fouls, put pressure on the defense when Chris Paul kind of wants to dribble. If he can become, like I stated, that spot-up shooter, um, somebody that plays really good defense, and then pick and choose is when he wants to take the ball and run pick and roll and slash, I think they'd be better served if he kind of defers more to Harden and really plays off the ball and let Harden dominate the ball more. I think they'd be better served playing like that going forward. Um, it was interesting to see how D'Antonio had a super small lineup at one point in the first half. I mean, he had Paul Harden, Tucker, Gordon, and Bob Mute was your center out there. And they, I guess they felt like they wanted to match up better with uh, with Golden State on the court. So they went to the super, super small lineup. 
Um, it was also good to see Nick Young come in and make his presence felt as only Nick Young can as he finished with, like, I believe it was like 20 points in the first half, and he was just shooting. But it was also, too, interesting to watch. I think Nick Young learned on one of those possessions in the first half where he wanted to get the ball because he was doing the Nick Young thing. He was cooking, and he wanted to put the ball on the floor and drive, and he almost drilled right into – Kevin Durant actually got stuck and had to call a timeout. So I think he's going to learn that Golden State's offense, when they're at their best, is predicated on passing and player movement, not a bunch of one-on-one dribbles. So dribbling. So it's going to be interesting to see how he adjusts. Um, Houston is going to be able to, as we know, put up points and hang with them offensively. I mean, they shot the three well last night. Um, that was not a surprise. Um, it was good to see Jordan Bell get in there and get some reps for the, for the Warriors. He was like the sixth man off the bench. But like I said, going forward, if Houston doesn't defend better, it's not going to matter because with all this being said, Golden State, let's be clear, they did not play their best game last night, and they only lost by one. And they could have won the game if Kevin Durant got that shot off literally a tenth of a second earlier. They would have played that bad and still won. So with all that being said, it's like, Houston is going to be able to put up the points, but it's going to have to come down for them to defense. It's just that simple. And it took Draymond Green getting hurt, and I hope his knee is okay because um, he had an MRI today. And hopefully everything checks out well, and it's just a slight sprain and some soreness and some rest will do, do him some justice. And then uh, it took KD not having a strong game. Steph was okay, but – you know, I'm not too alarmed with Golden State. I know a couple analysts kind of were. The main issue for them was the trip to China. I really think that had an effect on how they played last night. And Draymond Green was on the record. Steve Kerr was on the record speaking on how this trip, even though it was a fun trip and it's cool to spread the game of basketball to all parts of the world, but for them physically, it was physically taxing, not good on their bodies because you're in – totally different time zones you're fighting jet lag you're traveling around while you're there it's not like they're sitting in hotel rooms you're out doing all these clinics and different things and the body's not getting proper rest so they didn't really have a training camp they didn't have the same type of reps and ability to really come together and get in shape and get in condition so even though they were the defending champs and they looked uh you would think that they would all kind of come out on the same page and be clicking on all cylinders all cylinders i think it's to be expected that they um Looked a little rusty, looked a little discombobulated um, on the court at times. I mean, then they also added three main pieces to their rotation and Jordan Bell, Omar Caspi, who went out with another injury, which I don't know if it's serious, but that scares me because he never seems to stay healthy. And then you add in Nick Young, who's not used to playing in a system like this either. So it's going to be interesting to see um, not once they get some games on their belt. Hopefully this Draymond injury isn't long term. And they're able to get back on the same page and firing all cylinders. You know, it was it was a good opening night. It was a great opening night. I was excited um, to see. Um, again, it was kind of dampened a little bit by the Gordon Hayward injury, but we still had two exciting games, and it was interesting. I thought these these two these two games was the possible previews to the Western and Eastern Conference Finals. Maybe not. I, maybe OKC walks away from watching that game last night and say, hey, I think we might be able to do some things against the Warriors. Again, use a perspective. I really believe it was the fact that the Warriors really didn't have a really good um, training camp. So well, it remains to be seen what's going to happen with them going forward. Um, like I said, hopefully the Draymond injury isn't serious. 
before we wrap this edition of the Off the Glass podcast, this episode, just a couple news and notes, things real quick. Um, Jabari Parker, Marcus Smart, they will all go into free agency. They did not sign their qualifying offers or or any extensions. So they're going to go into free agency next year um, as restricted free agents. So that's going to be interesting to see what happens with that going long term. Again, this is your host, Z. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at ZJ at Off The Glass. Follow me at, on Facebook at Zach Ramey. You can also log on to Spreaker. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Type in Off The Glass Podcast. Make sure to download, subscribe, follow me there as we continue to bring you this content for the season. And we're just warming up. Um, we're going to do some more storylines coming down the, down the pike, hopefully some more interviews. So uh, make sure to go ahead and like, subscribe, and download this podcast. Stay safe out there. This is your host, Z. Peace. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half cubic foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half cubic foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii.